fly around. Little green peas from the ground. Buttermilk biscuits, nice and brown. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Butter beans, peas, beets, and chard. Chickens running in the yard. Catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to the Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop 'em black gang candy stripes. Look at 'em loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, a show dedicated to the people of the state of Tennessee who produce, prepare, and preserve foods and agricultural products in the state of Tennessee. This is your hostess and producer, Amy Campbell. Our theme song was performed by Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, when she was only nine years old. And today we're setting the table with a traditional food of Appalachia and beyond, apple butter. Each year in the fall time of the Mountain South, you can find pockets of people who get together and cook down bushels of apples, sugar, and sometimes cinnamon into this biscuit slathering favorite. It's one of those old-fashioned foods that's still a favorite on dinner tables near and far, and it makes a great gift for the holidays. Almost as important as the product is the sense of community and preservation of culinary traditions that these apple butter makings preserve. Today, we'll visit with Derek Blankenship. He and his family keep an ongoing tradition of apple butter making every year at this time in Fall Branch, Tennessee. I've got a really good recipe for apple butter pork roast to share with you, and also Fred Sossman, Associate Professor of Appalachian Studies at ETSU, has a segment regaling this time-honored culinary tradition of apple butter making, along with a recipe for sausage balls with apple butter. Thank you so much for your good company today at our Tennessee table. I really appreciate you tuning in. Our first guest is Derek Blankenship, and Derek is a physical therapist at a long-term care facility in his day job, and he's one of those people with that giving sort of spirit who's helping people every day. A native of West Virginia, he and his family keep this family tradition of making apple butter every year at this time of year in a little community called Fall Branch, Tennessee. Fall Branch is close to Kingsport, Tennessee, in the upper right portion of the state of Tennessee. So let's join Derek and hear how they do this right now. Derek, we're talking today about apple butter. Will you tell me how is it your family came to be making apple butter? Okay. Yeah, this is actually a, it's a tradition that, that fell on my in-law side. Uh, the recipe that we currently use was passed down from um, 
my mother-in-law's grandmother, and she was born in 1905. So if you're thinking at the time the recipe was coming down, um, it's been a family tradition um, really since I've been into the family. Uh, so we're going on. Um, me personally, I've been doing this for about 15 years, 16 years. And the big thing is this has been something that's just been a legacy that they've continued to do. Definitely it's something that, that they've just passed down. And, and it's a, I let my daughter, she participates in it as well. Aww. So it's, it's kind of a neat thing where the family comes together, the community, a lot of people come by. Uh, we still do it the same way as you would with the exceptions. We have modernized a few things um, as far as cooking with propane versus wood fires. Uh, <laughs> but you, you are still using uh, copper kettles, uh, wooden paddles, um, and, and all those techniques. Oh, that's wonderful. Tell me where you're from. So I'm originally from uh, West Virginia myself. My, my in-laws, they are from the... Uh, southwest Virginia Kingsport area um, oh, and so the the town in which we do most of this is is Fall Branch and like I said it's it's still a kind of a little quiet southern um, town inside or right between Johnson City Greenville and and uh, Kingsport. I love the fact that you make this apple butter and it, the recipe is from your wife's grandmother? It is actually from my mother-in-law's grandmother. Oh, my goodness. That's so, so, so you're talking at this point, and like I said, she was, she was born in 1905. So that, you know, there's generations before that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it's, we do it the same way, same type of apples, uh, same techniques. Uh, then, like I said, modernizing a few things. Um, Typically, each pot that we do uh, will yield about 15 to 16 gallons of apple butter. Wow. Um, it's the, you know, we always use each, each um, uh, pot will have about five and a half bushels of uh, red rum apples. Those oh have actually goodness. been peeled, sliced, cored. Um, and then the other thing that we do is kind of, we talk about modernizing some of that stuff is we, uh, down through the years, you kind of, Uh, become a little creative and my mother-in-law's dad came up with the idea of let's run these things through a sausage meal and so what ends up happening is they put their heads together they take an old washing machine engine or motor hook it to a sausage meal so what we do is actually run the slices through the meal and end up with a sauce or a paste for the most part Mm -hmm. Uh, by doing this you're reducing cooking time by hours um, a lot of the olden times, you would actually, the slices went in and you started cooking the apples down from that point. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, we use propane uh, versus fire, um, and, and we can control the heat a lot better that way. But really, the tradition is still there. It's a, a copper kettle that we're using. Uh, still use the old wooden paddles. Um, and once you start at the fire, you got to keep stirring. Or and once it if it burns, it burns. Ooh, and then that'd be it, terrible. It'd be a terrible thing. Prep for the kettle pretty interesting, and the fact that you know, like I said, we have to before you start uh, really get preserving and make sure that nothing is staining that the uh, copper. As we do a wipe down with with vinegar, so no kind of abrasive cleaners or anything like that would go in it. So, wow. um, so that's really. Um, you know, when you look at the acids and the, the apples and everything else, it really kind of helps helps keep everything in a perfect harmony. So, cooking process itself, uh, probably you're looking anywhere from probably six to seven hours a, a run. Um, 
Inside that, you're going to find, you know, as the, the apples start to cook down and we go in more to a, a sauce, then you have to start adding sugar. Um, each batch is going to run anywhere from 40 to 45 pounds of sugar. Um, with the addition, you know, obviously, uh, some people use the cinnamon imperials, which we do, which gives it that nice brown, pretty color. And we're also very fans, we're, we really like cinnamon. So one of the things that we put a little extra kick by throwing some cinnamon oil um, and, and making it, you know, really to taste at that point. Oh, yum. So the copper pot, has that been around in the family for a while? Copper pot, there's different uh, pots that have just kind of found their way through the, <laughs> the family. Um, we have older pots. We have uh, a pot that was actually given to my mother and father-in-law um, by... Um, my mother-in-law's uh, in-laws Aww. and so for the most part that's what we use to date a lot of the older kettles we've kind of uh, put back to preserve at that point uh, but still they are in use uh, over the years copper wears down you know it's a little thin so you know when things about it is we make sure that we're keeping you know really the biggest pot and using those but um you know, the, the other interesting thing about this is we talk about tradition and, you know, looking at what happens with, you know, having, but it's a big event that we do every year. And the neatest thing about it is it's that unity of family um, and the fact of every year you kind of see some of your family dissipate away. You lose members, you do whatever, but still that tradition becomes the same. Um, you know, the biggest thing, the timing comes up to when the apples are right on the orchard if you wait too late the apples are not going to work so you really have to look as to when you know that kind of pre-heavy frost and everything else to be able to get your apples and everything taken care of so um timing is of the essence i guess when you look at it from that standpoint yeah um some of the techniques you know a lot of people will will talk to you and they want to know how's it done how do you know how do you know how long to cook is it just you know it's not just like you know putting you know, fish nuggets in the in the, the, the oven. You know, you actually have little techniques and, and things. And I've seen this go from generation to generation. You know, uh, my, my mother-in-law's mom was kind of one of the first that I saw do it, the technique. Um, but she would always take a, a, just a clean dinner plate. And as we're cooking, as we start to think that it's time for, you know, to come off or whatever, she'll take a dinner plate, she takes a spoon, and she puts on the plate. And using a spatula or a spoon works it around to the point that it cools. Now, by that, what happens is you move it into mounds on the plate and flip the plate upright. Um, a lot of times we'll put it up, it's almost like a smiley face. So we'll have eyes on the plate. And then what happens is if we see that the eyes are weeping, then the moisture content in the apple butter is, is a little too high. So it still needs to cook a little bit more. So what you're looking at to get the perfect consistency is you know, kind of the pie test, you know. Uh, it's interesting to this day as you start seeing how it's transitioned down. Now my mother-in-law is the, the, is the, is the plate tester. Um, and, you know, if we go around the room, everyone's kind of expecting her to be able to come in, grab the plate. And it's kind of cool to see that heritage of, from her mother. It's, it's almost passing the plate for the most part. Uh, so, you know, it, it, we weren't able to have that type of ceremony, but it's, it's interesting enough in the fact that you will see she's, over the years, picked up that trait from her mom. 
And now you start to see, you know, the inquisitive and people are trying to gather that information. So sometime down the road, it may be my daughter that the plague gets passed to. Mm -hmm. But by the time that, you know, that transition goes down, then basically that technique would be, be in place. Who peels all those apples and how do you peel them? So, well, we do that. The prep process is, is a good one. All right. <laughs> and so basically the, you know, the family, once again, that's something that we do. We'll always make it a two day process. Uh, we will peel and core the apples, uh, the day before, uh, also slice, uh, make sure there's no seeds and all those things. Now everything is done by hand. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's the other part of it. A lot of the, we talk about it, some of the apple peelers we have have been passed down from generation to generation. So if you, you know, part of the conversation halfway through this is wonder how many apples this thing's actually peeled. Um, and so we'll have a process of someone's doing the actual cranking and peeling. Then we'll have a few people doing coring and slicing. Um, and then at that point, we also have people that are making sure that there's no seeds and those things going into, into the, the batch itself. Um, that'll be a quality control that continues as you go through to make sure there's no seeds, no skin, anything like that. And you want that really smooth caramel brown color that, you, that your apple butter should come out to be. You are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast, and we are setting the table today with apple butter. You're listening to our first guest, Derek Blankenship, and his family make apple butter at this time of year, every year, in Fall Branch, Tennessee. After a short recipe break, we'll join back up with Derek on canning of the apple butter, the ingredients that go into a big batch of apple butter, and a word about how the Fall Branch Volunteer Fire Department used this recipe from Derek's family that dates back to 1905 as a fundraiser for the fire department. I thought I'd share a recipe for apple butter pork roast. This is an easy recipe to prepare, and it's cozy, warm, and comforting. This recipe serves six people. The cook time is three hours, and the prep time is about 15 minutes. Here are the ingredients. Two two-pound boneless pork loin roasts for a total of four pounds. You'll want some seasoning salt to taste. Two cups of apple juice. One-half cup of apple butter. One-fourth cup of brown sugar. 2 tablespoons of water, one fourth teaspoon of ground cinnamon, and one fourth teaspoon of ground cloves. So heat that oven to 350. Take those pork loins and dry them with the paper towel. Season with seasoning salt. I just use kosher salt. And place them in a 9 by 13 inch baking pan or a small roasting pan. Pour apple juice over the pork and cover the dish with a lid or aluminum foil. Bake for one hour in a preheated oven, and while the pork is roasting, mix together the apple butter, brown sugar, water, cinnamon, and cloves. Remove pork roasts from the oven, and then spread with the apple butter mixture. Then you'll cover it and return it to the oven for two more hours, or until fork tender. And I always use a meat thermometer when I'm cooking pork and make sure it reaches the appropriate temperature. 
I hope you might want to make this delicious recipe for your family. I've posted the recipe with the podcast notes for this show at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Let's join back up with Derek Blankenship, who along with his family are making that apple butter at this time of year, every year in Fall Branch, Tennessee. We've talked about cooking it, but you also have to jar it. Um, so once again, we have almost an assembly line of people dipping, people jarring, people sealing, and people packing the boxes away as we kind of go through. Oh my um, and so, like I said, you know, you're looking at the time, depending on what you're putting, half pints, pints, uh, quarts, you know, what have you. But um, there's a lot of dipping that goes into a, you know, 15, 16 gallon yield of, of apple butter. So, um, and then once one pot comes off, pot gets cleaned, it gets scrubbed back down with vinegar, and another pot begins. Oh my goodness. So when you put it in the jars and you seal it, do you have to water bath process it, or is it just hot and sealed? It's hot enough. So by the time uh-huh. it comes out of there, I mean, that's that's you know basically using your typical mm-hmm. you know harvest or, or uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, ball jars, mm-hmm. seals up. So there's no water process, uh, no pressure canning. It's just basically sealing by heat. Do y'all go around finding any available jar that you could possibly get your hands on? Well, the, the funniest thing of the, the running joke is I always say, and, and is my in-laws have to be looked upon as moonshiners uh, because typically around this time of year, they're scavenging and they're grabbing any mason jar, any, any box of jars that you could possibly find. In addition to Sam's clubbing it for sugar, and, you know, if you're going and you're throwing 40 pounds of sugar, you know, so now you're looking close 80, 100 pounds of sugar on as you're walking through with a thing of mason jars, you look like you're bootlegging. <laughs> um, so, so I think, uh, you know, it, that is something to try. So tell me all the ingredients that go in there, would you? Is so the recipe as a whole is going to be five and a half bushels of apples for the kettle in which we're using. Um, obviously, you're going to grind them if you want to be... Uh, you know, savvy. You know, you get you a sausage meal or a meat grinder, and you do, you hook it up to a motor, and you go from there. You're looking approximately 40 to 45 pounds of sugar. Okay. Um, uh, with that, usually one pack of cinnamon imperials or the red hots, and then you know, and like I said, that gives it that little hint of red that you're looking for. Uh, two one ounce bottles of the pure cinnamon, um, and then like I said, usually that goes in. You know, right as the, you're getting ready to pull, you know, pull this stuff off here. Make sure there's no lumps or uh, anything th- to that nature. Y'all do this is a great tradition and a family get together. But it's it's a fundraiser too. So tell me that aspect of it. Yeah, this is actually like I said from us, um, uh, and this we actually uh, my father-in-law is a, he's a fire chief. Uh, it's Fall Branch Fire Department in Fall Branch, Tennessee. Um, with COVID and everything else that was going on, it's uh, you know one of the things uh, with them. They're a volunteer based, and even though they're in Washington County with you know, Johnson City and everything else, um, most of the funding goes toward Johnson City. You know, so a lot of those outlying departments, even though they're providing medical trucks and what have you. Um, are based upon fundraisers. So uh, this year they actually went through uh, and thought, well, apple butter would be a great way of doing it. Um, and it was it was interesting. to They followed the recipe. So, you know, this thing that 
you know, came into the family uh, from us in, you know, 1905. Um, they did modify some things simply because a lot of people may not want the sugar. Uh, they may not want, so they did a sugar-free version or a diabetic version. They had a no cinnamon or they had extra cinnamon. So, so you had a, a choice of what you went through. Uh, but by doing this, it was something that they, they were actually able to do um, and the cool thing about it is it's a fundraiser, once again, that brings in that sense of tradition, that sense of community. But it also is a, a neat fundraiser that um, you can climate control. You know, the neat thing now is, you know, this could be done in the bay of their fire department. Um, yeah. As long as you have the guys there, rain, shine, mm-hmm. what have you, you can cook, um, I guess, on a positive side of that is if they do start a fire they got enough people to take it put it out um but but it, it's like i said it, and it, it's just it's been a very successful um fundraiser for them um but i think the big thing about it is just the legacy of it and so you you know people uh, that have known you know my family or my wife's family for years and they've known this as a generational thing um it's not just like going to kroger and picking up a jar of apple butter this is something that's a little bit special uh, a little more uh um, homemade and and a little more of the taste of the area in which they're in that's right you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table, and we've just heard from Derek Blankenship and his family's tradition of making apple butter in the fall of the year, every year, right at this time of year. And always links to my guests, as well as a link to the Fall Branch Volunteer Fire Department and recipes, along with the podcast of this show, always at TennesseeFarmTable.com. Up next is our friend Fred Sossman from Johnson City on the topic of apple butter and a recipe for sausage balls with apple butter. The scene is similar in country churchyards all over our region during the fall harvest. Smoke drifts skyward from well-worn kettles. Wooden paddles keep their contents moving as liquid thickens. Church members of all ages supply the labor trading places when arms get tired. It's a scene that dates back generations, yet modernity has not threatened it. A drive through the countryside on fall Saturdays in southern Appalachia is reassuring proof that the making of apple butter is alive and well, even thriving. Just as in worship services the following morning, each church has its own techniques and procedures. Some season their apple butter with cinnamon candy, some with cinnamon oil, some with ground cinnamon, some add an ecumenical sprinkling of cloves. Each implement has a story. Listen closely as the apple butter is stirred, and you might hear the scraping of metal on metal. Silver dollars are tossed into the mix to prevent sticking. Some kettles are brass, others copper. Part of the preparation ritual is scouring the kettle until it shines. As in any communal task, the making of apple butter dictates a division of labor, from building the fire to washing the jars. One fall Saturday, I watch as members of the Unicoi Ruritan Club and the Unicoi United Methodist Church Friendship Class join forces in a silently choreographed routine. 
to pour the hot apple butter into jars and wipe them clean before labels are applied. It's the culminating point of a six-hour day of work and remembrance. Making apple butter is hastened by the silent urgency of the coolness of fall. As their ancestors did in Europe, apple butter makers in Appalachia today are driven by the coming of winter. Their product is yet another reminder of their genius in prolonging the goodness of the crop for months after trees have stopped bearing. Apple butter is, of course, best eaten as it is, scooped out with fingers plunged deep into jars or spooned liberally on hot, scratch-made biscuits. The late storyteller Catherine Tucker Wyndham used it as a blanket for sausage. She would form fresh sausage into balls without any breading and brown them in a skillet. She would then drain them, place them in a baking dish, and cover them well with apple butter. She would then heat the apple butter and sausage balls in the oven until the mixture became bubbly. This season, I remember Catherine's love of this combination from the farm and her delight in making it in her kitchen all year long. And memory is really what apple butter is all about. For the Tennessee Farm Table, I'm Fred Saussman. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.